know, you really do need to be in a restful, relaxed state in order to allow the Holy Spirit to to tap dance in your life. Anyways, let's keep it moving. You know what I'm saying? Are we having fun? Is everybody having fun? Yes, we are. Yeah. All yeah. right. Moving right along. Jeremiah, we are finishing out. Mm -hmm. It's not unusual to be loved by anyone. Oh. Uh, okay. <gasps> Ooh. Hey, Father. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. So, what story are we getting into this week? Fun. We have to finish the book. All right. Call back later. <gasps> you guys, this week we are going to finish the book of Prophet Jeremiah with Jeremiah Part 2. Welcome to another episode of Bible Stories with me, Brianda. Brianda. Joining me another week is La Clara NYC. How are you, Mama? I love you to pieces, but also let's fight. <laughs> let's just wow. get into it. You guys. Let us start. Let's just start it off, y'all. We've been in the studio for hours. I'm so daggone, doggone, whatever that expression goes. I'm so tired. We're always, opposed. we have opposing ideas about things. Okay. You and I are constantly like, I say black, you say white. We say red, you say you. You're like you're always saying the opposite of whatever I think, which is fine. I think that's why we work. Mm -hmm. I believe in God. You believe in science. Beyonce. I don't know. What to tell you. <laughs> like, girl, you can believe in science and believe in God. You must believe that. I only believe in one. Listen, you can believe, and I'm I'm here to tell you, you can believe in both. I know, I'm not denying it. I say like my choice is only one, not both of them. And I choose to see all the many colors of life. Anyways, let's talk about what I was going to fight with you oh, about, boy. which wasn't about science versus God. Okay, let's do that. Another, let's do it on the Patreon. Okay. Patreon.com forward slash Bible Brianda if you want to see our other podcast. Mm -hmm. um, I was just saying to Clara, Clara was taking me down memory lane. She's about to go to Barcelona this week. She was showing me photos of you know her past, her friends. So anyways, Clara and I were having a discussion on whether or not it's okay for a man to still be friends with their ex and also no. to have female friends. Oh, yes. Second part is what we were discussing. Part one, we both agreed. Well, no, it came from that. Yeah, but uh, we, we both agreed on that. No yeah. friends, like no ex-friends. Uh, after seven years, after seven years, you can be friends with your uh, uh, ex, I would say. No, you're not. I think so. Not my boyfriend. Okay. Well, here we are. Okay. But then that led us to talk about our, your boyfriend or our potential boyfriend, mm -hmm. whatever the, whatever. Our perspective on it. Yes. Can, should they be friends with like women? And I'm, okay. My intuitive response, y'all, I'm feeling frisky. It is really late at night right now. We don't typically record at night for anyone who's wondering. Um, we have security at the door. We have security at the door. Don't even think about it, okay? Um, I do not want my friend, fr my boyfriend, to have like female friends. That's but let unfair. me give some, no. Let me get exceptions. Okay. The exceptions are if your female friend was your friend from childhood. That is my exception. Who is like Very a sister unlikely. to you? Who is like a sister? That's the. I think that's the only that's exception. Okay. You can find prepubescent friends. You can find a, a sister friend or like a sister or brother version of friend later in life. It doesn't have to be childhood. I found Ferran four years ago. Can you ex elaborate on who Ferran is for the public? It's my best friend in Spain. Keep going. Yes, he's gay, but Thank even you. if he wasn't so gay. So what are we even discussing no, here? No, even if he wasn't gay, it would still be the same. I'm telling you. Like, honestly. Oh, so if we're going to be that specific, I mean... I don't want my boyfriend slash future husband to have any female heterosexual wow. best friends. That's not fair, though. So you're what? like... Unless they've been friends since childhood. That's not fair. What's not fair? I don't think it's fair. What's not fair? So, for la misma regla, you're also not allowed to have any male friends? Best friends, no. Why am I no, best No, we friends? didn't say... You're adding the best here now. We were talking about friends in general. 
Oh, but you work with you work with women that are no, no. You but can be fr- you can have I'm friends. I'm saying friends. I'm like, talking about just- best friends. Like you have a a female best friend that you go to, like a best friend would. I do not want that. <laughs> I actually don't mind that. Like, I also feel like it depends on your man too. Like, obviously, if there's nothing going on, you. Oh no. Okay. Let me let me rephrase this. I actually don't mind that. Like, I don't think it's fair for you to, like, cap who you can be friends or not with. You know what I mean? Like, well, I'm saying this and you're not allowed to be friends with your ex. So that's a different story. I guess and I'm why? not secure enough for you to be friends with any of your ex-girlfriends. Okay. I feel like it's disrespectful. I would never even, like maintain communication like ongoing communication with anyone that i've ever slept in the past if i have a, i like, think after seven I've, years you're good i think that's my cap after seven years babe, y'all can be friendly if you there if there's no story where you like break up you don't talk for seven years and now you start talking again like if you I, if after seven years you're still friends you were friends throughout the, the whole advent of years. social media makes that easy you know and you can't help natural curiosities like you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I, in that sense, we're talking I, about being friends. No, I'm no, no. About taking, like, talking. you mentioned the exes uh, right now. Yeah, the friends though. Back to what? Back to the fight yeah, that we we're having. Friends with exes. I mean, no, 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 no. Friends in general, best friends. Friends, you're gonna work with women. You're gonna work with. Work or no friends? You can have work friends. Stop. You can have work. You friends. You can get along with your coworker. I was saying, I'm. A, I do not want my husband or my boyfriend to have a female best friend. I am your female best friend. Like, come to me for that. I would feel more comfortable if my man would go to other male best friends. I don't I, know why I feel that way. Maybe honestly, wait. I'm here. I'm big enough to admit. Maybe it's a, some patriarchal influence. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's insecurity. Whatever you want to call it. Point is, I don't want it. And I have an inkling. And again, fictitious boyfriend. I don't have a boyfriend. Um, I'm sure that he would also not want me to have a heterosexual male best friend. That's. I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's fair. And honestly, well, it's it only works on your benefit that they do have like good female friends. Because first of all, the same way that a mother, no! listen to me, listen oh, to me. God. The same way that a mother, we disagree, can be your mother and can be there for you like at her fullest, but she cannot be your friend. Sometimes, like you have to be either a mom or a friend at some point. There's things that you, as a partner, you just cannot bring to your partner. Oh. And having like, I would camera. love where's, where's my camera? What for camera my man. She cameras on me, honey. So listen to what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> I would love. Like, if you love someone, you want them to feel supported in every aspect of their life. So if if there's an area where I cannot reach because the fact that I'm your partner, like, let's say they they we got in an argument. Who's it going to vent to? Like, I want you to be able to vent to someone. And honestly, I trust women's intelligence more than I trust men's intelligence. And a, a female friend can give him the female point of view of things instead of, like, a dude that, oh, women, you don't... Go ahead. Thank you. Your Honor. Clara, may I approach the bench? <laughs> this brings me to my the next exhibit, and that okay. is of red flags from dudes. If I'm seeing a guy and he doesn't have male best friends, that's suspicious. But you're bringing it to the extreme now. We no, from no, having- no, 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 no. You, you brought it to the extreme. If you wanted your friend to have some advice, some whatever advice that they would need, that's an extreme. Like they need to vent to someone. That's an extreme. Yeah, or that would be after a fight. That, that like, would be after something. Yeah. That's an extreme too. Yeah. What I'm saying is if my man doesn't have male friends to go to, that's suspicious to me. Why Go to them. Go to them. So. And again, unless you have a female friend from child, a prepubescent friend, that's the only difference who's like a sibling to you or a sibling. But that's what I'm saying. Like a sibling, Siblings a provide sibling that. Friendship can happen later in life. It doesn't have to be born when you're a child or, or like on your childhood. I'm and actually, you know better. Like when you meet people later in life, if you cling with them, it's like a true connection because you already, both of you are mature. You know, like you have your 
values, you have your way of navigating life. When you're a child, you're just friends because you happen to be at the same spot, you know what I mean? And you like to play the same things. But 20 years later, your life is going to go a very different way. Okay. Now that we're at the final, fi we're reaching the end of this uh, argument, I'm trying to think, where do I, have? has anything you've said to me changed the way I've, I think about this? Nope. And the answer is no. I, in this fic, world that I'm creating for myself, if my man had a female friend that he confided in before me, I wouldn't be his no, wife or girlfriend. Like, that's the thing. You, every time you add a layer, now you say before you. Like, so yeah. now you're basically, this female friend is replacing you. I'm not talking about that. You oh, can have that both. would be my issue. No, no, that would be my issue. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, you can have a female friend and that you doesn't mean that they're replacing you. Like it, I think that it would ultimately be that the case. Wow. I do. Wow. And I do, and I, and I really do. And besides this conversation, I do think it's a red flag if my guy doesn't have male best friends. But Her. again, you're adding layers. We started the conversation by having a your confidant, man having a female confidant, a female good, good, a female good friend. Then a female confidant. Yeah, a good like yeah. And then now it's. I would love for that confidant to be man. male friends anymore. No, like no. Like he only has that girlfriend. Like, oh, that's okay. different. You're adding layers. Okay, this is the only layer we need to know. I actually don't want my man to have to, to go to someone else about our personal stuff, anyways, or even personal stuff. Keep that ish insular. Keep that no, stuff inside, or God. to your friend, to your whatever, whatever it is. Exactly, to your friend. To, that's not a female. I don't know why I can't help it. It makes me feel uncomfortable. Like that's how that's maybe you've never been with a man that you trust. Also, like you have to see, like when you've been with I a think man I've that trusted you, them that you trust, and also you. I've see, never been cheated on. I've cheated. I've maybe, never been. You don't cheated have on. to be cheated on to not trust someone. No, I know, but I, I've tried. I can say without you have blindly without trusted a, your man. without a shadow of a doubt. I've been in two adult, three adult relationships. I've trusted all of them. I really have. Like, but I also just trust my friends. I trust people. I, I to too much, to a fault. Mm -hmm. I'm too trusting. Maybe so that's why. Then what's the problem? If you trust the your problem man, is okay. Pitch if you it. trust your man, what's the problem that he interacts with the female? My problem is. I do, I am, okay, well, I'll say something that you maybe, you, you posed it this way. I am not secure enough to have my future husband go to another woman for counsel or for anything like that. What about that. if he just goes for fun, to hang out? Even worse. No. Like, if I'm not there. What if, like, let's if say. If I'm not there, that's let's uncomfortable say you, for me. Let's say in an imaginary world, you don't like dancing. And your men love dancing. And they go out to dance. That would make me uncomfortable. That would make me that would make or me. Or like let's say you don't like the movies. In imaginary world, you hate, like you just like going to movies is Can boring to you, it's a waste else? of money. It's literally my favorite thing to do. I know, but okay. it's like it's I don't know. I'm coming, I'm trying to come up with an example, okay? Okay. Like, let's say you hate the movies. It's a waste of money, waste of time. You fucking hate it. It's hot in there, it's cold, the movie, blah, blah, blah. and he loves the movies like the way you love it. And his best friend loves the movies too. Would it make you uncomfortable that they have these to enjoy together? Yes. Wow, really? So you would rather your man not being able to enjoy something that he's so passionate about? Take me with you. Go by yourself. Or go by no, yourself. No, you don't want to go because in this imaginary example, Oh, in this imaginary example, I, well, here's the thing. I would want to do whatever my man wanted to do because I love my man. So I, even that imaginary nah, example is like kind of nah. odd. I want to do the things that, I would try, to, I would do it for my man. I wouldn't do it for me. One. Two, no, I would feel uncomfortable. And I'm trying to, I, by the way, this is totally fictitious. I don't even have a boyfriend yet. So I'm really trying to like put my actor hat on and like think about this. And I would feel uncomfortable with it. And I would hope that that's okay. By the way, if a man, if a man's listening to this and is saying, you're insecure, you whatever, then we for sure whatever. wouldn't work. No, we we wouldn't be, yeah. we wouldn't be compatible. Yeah, that's right? it. Whoever I'm going to be with also doesn't want me. I have male friends. I have a ton of them. They're not my close besties. They're not whatever. But I'm sure that if they were, 
My man wouldn't want me going to the movies out with him, period. Wow. My man wouldn't want me to go confide in him about what my dad, he just wouldn't. And I don't think that's fair, you know, because when, you, like, life isn't fair. I don't think that's, mirala. <laughs> no, but really, life isn't fair. And that's a part of mature, I feel like that's part of, mature, like, growing older. I'm a part, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but, 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 but. If I can, if there's a way that I can envelope my myself as a unit with my man, with whatever, with my male friends, mm -hmm. that's dope. Like, oh, that'd be the best if I could if I could invite him to. It would make me feel a lot better. It will, I'm sure it'll make him feel a lot better too if he's able to partake in whatever we do together. Of course, like in my imaginary scenario, you're never hidden from the friend, from the of course uh, female friend, like. Yeah, but it's when I'm not there. It's so, it's just uncomfortable. It would it would be uncomfortable for me. I'm being honest. Maybe and that that's a that's a maybe that's a blind spot. Maybe that's a an insecurity. You know, and it could be it could be all those things, um, but they exist. And I wouldn't. I would be dis. I would be uh, uh, telling a lie if I said, yeah, I'd be okay with it. I that fair that's enough. a lie. I don't want to lie. I don't want to. No, that's fair enough. Like that's your boundaries. You know? To me, it's just just fascinating because to me, it's like so the opposite. Like. There's two like different lenses or different layers that I can approach from it. Like to me, on the one hand, it's like if I love you, I want you to like be at the full in every area of your life and be the happiest in ever in every area of your life. And I understand that because I am your girlfriend, your wife, your partner, whatever you know, like whatever situation is. Because I'm that companion, there's areas where I cannot reach fully. And I still want you to be your, like, my, like, the more complete, the most complete on those areas. And to me, that's like what, like, if you love somebody, you know, even if, if it's like, let's say in a scenario, if I were a toxic girlfriend and I love, I mean, if I were toxic, I wouldn't do that. But let's say if for whatever reason I'm bad for you, I would rather let you go. And have you be happy? If I'm like in the middle and creating you to like distance yourself from happiness, I would rather, like, I want to see you happy. I want to see you like at your best, you know? I think the question you posed to me, maybe you haven't trusted a boyfriend should be flipped. Maybe I haven't loved anybody in that maybe. way. You know what I mean? No, but you also have to trust because I've loved and not trusted. I just know that I'm unwilling to sacrifice that security. I will be unable to love you at my fullest if I'm if I'm being hurt in that way, even if it's unintentional. And it would be unintentional no, in that case. I don't think there's case, anything wrong. You know? I'm just like, no, no, no. Like, we all have our boundaries. Like I told you, like yeah. one of my. I'm sure there's other girls that are like, oh no, they can be friends with their ex. Like if I trust my man, there's not a problem. And granted. I'm just not there and I don't think I'll ever be and I'm not ready to ever even fucking work on it because I don't need to, to be honest. And that's fine. Like, that's my boundaries out there. The same way that there's people that they have, like, open relationships. Their boundaries are different. And it's perfectly fine. It's just not my thing. Yeah. Like, I could never. But that's, that's <sighs> different boundaries. It's just shocking to me because... The approach, like that, we're. I mean, it's shocking, but I'm not shocking because we're always opposites anyway. But like, wow, Ying it's and like a completely different way of seeing it. You know, to me, it's like I just couldn't do it. I couldn't, I couldn't. And but again, I'm not even there yet. You know. Yeah, I guess you. Also, I can't wait. I think relationship Brianda is the best Brianda. Is it? Hmm. I'm. I'm like super bubbly. Because you're happy. That's why you get to have a new friend, like a new, a new best friend. You're developing a new best friend. 100%. That's what it is. Yeah. Someone who wants to like, to be around someone who just wants to like kiss your face and get to know you and talk to you and understand you and do fun things with you. And that makes me happy. That's inspiring for me. And it also like to have someone to share good news with. At least in, I, I, it makes me want to go out and get good news. Mm. You feel me? Mm -hmm. That's kind of cool. To have someone to share it with. It'd be fun. That's cool. Anyways, 
but he can't have no girl friends. And that's just that on that. Unless you guys met in middle school. I get it. That I can't do or anything about. Or she's gay. Yep. That's about it. She's... That sounds messed up. And I get it. Listen, I'm not... I, that's... I think that sounds possessive to me. And, I and I'm not, and I'm not possessive. No, no, it's just like I, how I, I see it. I also am triggered, you know, because my previous relationship was extremely possessive and isolating. So mm. anything like that is like I've suffered it in my own skin, and it's not fair, Do you know. That's why, like, I we were just talking about this earlier. Like, you know, I like to be a fair person, so I just don't want someone going through that, you know. Yeah. You know, it'd be really cool to be friends with other like Christian couples. That'd be kind of fun. Would you like go to church and like pray together? What would, what do, what would you do? Uh, that'd be cool to pray together with other people. Whatever us non-Christian do, like going for dinner or just hanging out. You, you do that. You hang out, you go to dinner, you do fun things, you go to movies, you like. Yeah. But you see how, for example, mm, we hang out and we go to like dinner sometimes mm -hmm. and blah, blah, blah. but sometimes we also just like hang out at the studio and just like come up with ideas and try to create and like let's just shoot this see how it see how it comes out because we have that in common like besides going for dinners and stuff like we would just like pray or read the bible or oh yeah uh yeah it's think... like a thing that you guys have in common obviously i think so one of my favorite things to do with other christians is to talk about the word and I can understand and that. And to yeah. also, it's like, yeah, no, it's actually really dope. Like um, exchange opinions or points of view. Yeah. That. And I you'd be really that. surprised. Uh, you, I, um, shout out to Bible Babe Hova, where he, he reached out. And I should probably reach back out to him because I've been having some difficulty with some of the scripture. But like he, he reminded me, there's a Bible verse that says iron sharpens iron. You know, we are to be in community and any kind of questions that arise or, or like, uh, um, insights that you, that you get in, from the word that's meant to be shared hmm. and dissected and challenged. And yeah, imagine doing that in a group and then imagine doing that also by pair i don't know i can understand because that's how i feel like you know i'm very passionate about feminism and like veganism big no no veganism i'm not passionate about vegan. i should be passionate you should about be <laughs> everyone let's make clara be vegan again pressure her. but anyways that let us know in the comments what you guys think about if you would want your partners to What be. does the Bible say about this? Intuitively, by me, I don't think it's of the Lord. I think the Lord would be like, you trust your husband, and yeah, you you trust, that's it. You know what I'm saying? You can't put keep your husband on a leash. What that's if he what really like, wants to, to me, be- it feels like more restrictive. And, and I don't want to restrict my man. Listen, I got flaws. I got a whole no, lot of- No, but at the them. same time, I'm talking this, and my version of- what you're saying is the excess because someone could give and the I same argument to me like you're putting a leash on him if you trust him what, what do you care fair point that's my no nah, you're not right gonna there. be friends with no exes seven oh, years no. seven Better years not. seven to ten years and then you're good to go seven to ten years i don't no i don't care how long it's been no you're not friends with them. not even ten years Claire. when they everyone has children everyone's fine like tampoco no wow no what's what's there for you what's there for you why you gotta be friends with them out of all the people in the world, they had be okay. I was gonna say, they, what's okay. there for you? Okay, um, I'm the Bible. I mean, the Bible ain't talking about you know things like that, but my intuitive feeling is probably you're okay. It's probably like you can have friends of the opposite sex i intuitively feel like it's not the most holy thing wow. intuitively intuitively i feel that way but i'm only human and i'm i can only honestly respond with how i feel and that's just how i feel mm -hmm. i don't know at the top of my head if there's direct scripture in regards to befriending someone of the opposite sex um but i do know that uh in the bible i can't tell you where but it may be matthew somewhere in there in the New Testament. One of the gospels, I know they say that family business is family business. Don't be opening your mouth and saying it to other people. Whatever happens in house stays in house. You know, not things like- friends. 
I don't think that's healthy. You know? uh, I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, get a therapist. Like I don't know. Like I, th there were no therapists in during the. And also back in the day, it was different. Too. Back in the day, there were smaller communities. You know, you talk shit about your partner. Yeah, like, it went around. About it. Yeah, you like really screw up that person's life. Yeah, but it's still applicable nowadays too. See, no, because because I, be I think that's just like a prison. Yeah, but sometimes if something goes wrong and you cannot even express yourself. Yes, but in the Bible, you go to the you go to the one source that counts the most, and it's God. You yeah, go you to know, God. You know that like you still need to share with your people. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm trying to get to the point where I just need to go to God. If I'm being if I'm being a hundred percent honest, if I'm being a hundred percent honest, I hope that in my maturity, in my spiritual, emotional, financial, all these other maturity levels, whatever. Mm -hmm. I hope that at that level that I get to, that like Brianda Optimus Prime, when I'm there, the only person I'm gonna be talking to is Yahweh, you know? And that's that's what I'm hoping, but individually. So like, we don't have to do it together. We have to both be having our, uh, uh, strengthening our own individual relationships with God. Mm -hmm. And whatever issues I have, whatever, that's gonna be, in conversation, in prayer with God. The thing about talking to too many people is we're again human, we're porous mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna be influenced. I'm not that strong. I'm gonna be influenced by people, by what they say, by by opinions, what they give you good advice? by the and that may happen. that may very well happen. Maybe, you know what I'm saying? That and maybe they will give me bad advice. The same way it could be good, mm -hmm. the same way it could be bad. Either way, I know my blind spots and I am in, I can be influenced. You know what I'm saying? Not easily. Thank Jesus. Praise you. Pray. Like, you know what I'm saying? But it happens. And I would much rather keep sensitive information away from, away from outside. I don't know. And again, these are ideas. There's a, there's a fly, there's a fly who wants to get in on the conversation. And I'm like, yo, get, get do you we see have a this guest fly? Today, guys. We didn't do you see you. this fruit fly? No. I mean, there's no fruit, fruit fly at WTF Media I mean, no, Studios. No, see, I got, uh, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, whatever. We're going to finish uh, Jeremiah part two today. We're going to dive right in. If you guys want to hear the recap of Jeremiah, go to the previous episode. I give a pretty in-depth and comprehensive recap about what happens in this long book because I am not doing a bunch of different episodes on it like we did with Isaiah, we're only doing two. So I urge you to read the book yourself because it's juicy, it's profound, it's deep, and there is so many different layers of God in the book of Jeremiah. And oh, you guys are cheating yourselves, y'all don't read it yourselves, I'm telling you, it's a good book. The story is there, the tea is there, the insights are there, the drama. <laughs> I love the drama. Is it me? Am I the drama? <laughs> you know? Anyways, let's get into this week's story. And now, let's chat about the last half of Jeremiah. Where we left off. The scroll that Jeremiah and Baruch had written got burned by the trifling king Jehoiakim. So the two BFFs rewrite the scroll, adding similar words. Let's dive into some scripture for more context. Let me just, uh, if I can just find my, don't know where my, my, my phone. I don't know why this would, this would happen. Cut! <laughs> scripture, Jeremiah chapter 36, verses 27 to 31. Now, after the king had burned the scroll with the words that Baruch wrote at Jeremiah's dictation, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Take another scroll and write on it all the former words that were in the first scroll. Scroll, not squirrel. Sorry, guys. Um, my English sometimes is a little too savvy. Uh, which Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, has burned. And concerning Jehoiakim, king of Judah, you shall say, Thus says the Lord, you have burned this scroll, saying, why have you written in it that the king of Babylon will certainly come and destroy this land and will cut off from it man and beast? Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning Jehoiakim, king of Judah, he shall have none to sit on the throne of David, and his dead body shall be cast out to the heat by day and the frost by night, and I will punish him 
and his offspring and his servants for their iniquity. Major. Hi, Tangy. They rewrite the scroll. I mean, what do you think this means? It's like the Aaliyah song. And if at first you don't succeed, my throat is so sore. This is self off and try again. You know what I'm saying? Listen, don't judge me right now, ma'am. I've been talking, I've been screaming today. Claire and I had a long day, okay? I'm a little raspy. We have been talking a lot. We've been talking a whole yeah. lot. And you know, I'm an introvert. I don't leave the house. It's just me and my cat going, oh, I've been having to say paragraphs upon paragraphs. I feel like uh, I'm doing a TED talk just talking right now. Anyways, but the point of that scripture is they 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 didn't allow the burning of the scroll to stop them. They got back up and did it again, you know? Never give up on what the Lord has commanded you to do in this lifetime. You hear me? It'll never be too late to begin again. Hi, Tangie, again. This reminds me of meditation. And I got super into meditation before I even started praying. Mm -hmm. And I remember there was a, like a light switch moment that happened. And I was, um, I used this app called the 10% Happier app. Yeah, you always mention it. The best app ever. Oh my gosh, if you can't afford it, DM them, email them. I'll put the email here or the the their handles here. You can let them know, hey, I don't have the money for this right now. Could you I don't like think you should be publicizing this many. I can. Everyone is just gonna try to get this shit for free. We get 200 views. I think we'll be okay. You guys do not exploit this, please. These are good people that have helped me in times of need. Please do not exploit this. If you can afford it, pay for it. If you can't afford it, they will give you the a year of the med, uh, those guided meditations. I know that there are also Christian guided meditations too, but I'm not too familiar. If anyone knows, um, please let me know. But anyways, um, one of the most illuminating moments in my uh, mindfulness meditation practice was uh, um, first loving kindness meditation. That's one thing. That's an aside, right? But the, the second thing was beginning again. So mm -hmm. the whole idea is in meditation, the second you feel uh, one idea begin to kind of turn into something else and uh, a, a thought begins to kind of carry you away from your breath because you're focusing on your breath, right? Initially, at least mm -hmm. with mindfulness. The second you feel yourself begin to veer from breath, you begin again, mm. breath. Each time you do those, you're, it's a bicep curl. Mm. It's the muscle, you're building that muscle. And then eventually you'll, you'll be longer. It'll, the, there'll be a longer duration from you clocking the thought to begin again. Mm -hmm. But the whole point is you allow yourself to begin again, mm. begin again. Anywho, it's kind of that same idea. And so meditation is so great. <laughs> Honestly, I think meditation lubed me up for prayer uh, yes for allowing my for allowing my mind to shut up mm. my this little intellect a little this little three pound fat in between this big old head that's it allowed it to just relax you know you really do need to be in a restful relaxed state in order to allow the holy spirit to to tap dance in your life anyways let's keep it moving you know what i'm saying are we having fun is everybody having fun? Yes, we are. Yeah. All yeah. right. Moving right along. Jeremiah, we are finishing out. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's not unusual to be loved by anyone. Oh. Okay. Later on, Baruch receives his own personal message from God, which is like, okay, major. Baruch got on Yahweh's cell phone plan, but he also sees that lately Baruch's been a little tired. He's tired of hiding, avoiding prison. Mm -hmm. Baruch's probably lost out on so many other opportunities because he's chosen to work with Jeremiah. The Lord hears him while he's complaining. The Lord knows our hearts, right? Mm. So he knows what Baruch is experiencing. Let's go to some scripture okay. to see what's tea. We're going to go to Jeremiah chapter 45, verses 2 to 4. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, to you, O oh, Baruch, you said, woe is me, for the Lord has added sorrow to my pain. I am weary with my groaning, and I find no rest. Thus shall you say to him, thus says the Lord, behold, what I have built I am breaking down, and what I have planted I am plucking up, that is, the whole land. 
And do you seek great things for yourself? Seek them not for behold, I am bringing disaster upon all flesh, declares the Lord. But I will give you your life as a prize of war in all places to which you may go. I'm going to read uh, verse 5 again. And do you seek great things for yourself? Seek them not, for behold, I am bringing disaster upon all flesh. What the Lord is saying here to Baruch is don't let your gifts and talents get to your head, okay? When we are not humble, we close off our line to God because the human body takes all the credit for all the things, you know? Naturally, that's what the body does. Oh, this came from me, this came from me, and this is mine, you know? When we remind ourselves that we were gifted these abilities for the purpose of bettering humanity, that he gave us those skills, it makes it a whole lot easier to understand true humility. Also, Baruch may have lost out on other checks by being associated with Jeremiah, but he's on the Lord's telephone line now, remember? What would you pick if you had the chance? Hmm. Would you pick the money, the fame, the accolades, the popularity? Or were you, would you pick a closeness with God? Would you pick fulfillment? Would you pick a, another life for yourself? I don't know, what would you pick? I know I would pick that one. I already have. High tangent, high tangent. You know how many times I've had managers tell me to be a little, a little like uh, tone down my, my Christian talk? Really? So, yeah. Why is that? One manager in particular who I dropped, she said, oh, lean more into the comedy. Less on the, less on the, you know, the, the Jesus and the, and I said, I will never work with you ever again. And I, and I don't. So yeah, which side are you on? Whether you're Christian or not, which side are you on? Would you want to pick fulfillment or do you want to pick money? Imagine if that fulfillment will come with money. Eventually it will. And if it doesn't. How are you going to live with that? I don't know. What do you worship? Don't be an idolater. Is what I'm saying making sense? That's literally... Moving right along, both Baruch and Jeremiah persevere for the next 20 years. But Judah is obviously on its last leg. The people have no government because their officials are getting killed at this point. Gedaliah, who was one of the appointed officials in the royal kingdom. He was a high-ranking official in the Judean court. Uh, he was basically put in place by the king of Babylon. And he was murdered by Ishmael, a member of the royal household in Judah. Hi, Tanji. Things are going crazy. Like what's happening in Sri Lanka right now where people are interrupting <laughs> the president's home. You know what I mean? That's what happens when tyranny ensues. It start like the government is no longer, the people are now clawing. And they're trying to figure out what's going on, mm. okay? Now, even though Jeremiah has, you know, an all right relationship with the then King Zedekiah at this time, officials, uh, they try and get, you know, Jeremiah murked out of here. They don't trust him. You know what I'm saying? First of all, Jeremiah this whole time is saying that Babylon is going to win. Babylon is going to win. Surrender to Babylon. The king kind of understands that Jeremiah is a little is tapped in because so much of what he has said is coming true. Hmm. The officials aren't buying it. The officials are the ones that whisper in the king's oh, ear. You know what I'm saying? So they're all trying to get him to hide him. They eventually put him in a cistern. What? You know what a cistern is? Una cisterna. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like a for for those of you guys that don't know, it's like a deep underground pit where water is supposed to be or where water is supposed to be stored. Mm -hmm. But because Jerusalem was experiencing low water supply, it was practically empty. And this wasn't a proper prison. It was worse. You know what I'm saying? The top of the cistern was like two feet wide. You know, they put him there intentionally to kill him. Because by the way, while he's in there, it's going crazy out there. Mm -hmm. So they were, they left him there to die. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, you know, the, the officials, they're thinking because he's pro-Babylon, he probably works for Babylon. 
You know, he's like propaganda for Babylon. Mm. You know, the Jewish people at this point in Jerusalem are all experiencing, like I said, tyranny. Mm. Y'all know the scene from uh, The Office mm. where Michael Scott comes out of the room and he's like, it's happening, it's happening, it's happening, it's happening. This is what's happening right now. It's mm -hmm. happening. The thing that Jeremiah has been prophesying for decades is happening ahora mismito, right now. Mm -hmm. And he is stuck in a cistern in mud. <laughs> That's what's happening, okay? Like timing. <laughs> Terrible timing. But remember, uh, at chapter one, the Lord told Jeremiah that he would always be with him. If you don't remember, check out this episode. And while Jeremiah is left to die, stuck in a cistern, Word of this gets to an Ethiopian eunuch named Ebed-Melech, who is homies with King Zedekiah, and he tells the king, hey, yo, Jeremiah's in there. He about to die. Let him out. That's all it took. Boom. The king goes to get, they go, hey, yo, get Prophet Jeremiah out of that cistern, please. They end up throwing a bunch of blankets down there and grabbing him out. <laughs> You know, poor little Jeremiah's dirty and muddy. He probably gets out of there like, all right, let's get back to work. <laughs> the Lord has no days off. Pros work sick. You know what I mean? Anyways, the same way uh, he de uh, the Lord delivered Joseph in Egypt a thousand years ago, he delivered Jeremiah again. Hi, Tangi, which I think is kind of funny. I don't know about you guys, but did you guys notice? That it was an Ethiopian, not an Israelite that saved him. There are a lot of Israelites. No, the friend, the, the, the eunuch friend. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But Israelites knew that Prophet Jeremiah was mm. in that cistern, and ain't none of them try to get a message to the king. Mm. Here we have a foreigner, someone that probably don't even believe in God. Yeah, exactly. But guess what this eunuch had? This eunuch had faithfulness. Yep. And guess what? For this, for that faithfulness, God provides Ebed-Melech the same promises of life and divine presence. The same that was given to Jeremiah and Baruch, he gave to that Ethiopian eunuch. Wow. So all them people that have these misconceptions of the Lord, where's God in the story there? Okay? That seems like a pretty fair God. Digo yo. ¿Qué dices? I don't have an opinion yet. Okay. It's a very, very wise thing to say. I think most of us should utilize that. I don't have an opinion on that yet. I will get back to you, hopefully, if I don't forget. Anyways, Jeremiah later meets up with King Zedekiah. He's probably still muddy. And they have a conference meeting. Jeremiah is scared. And Zedekiah is even more scared because <laughs> he sees the prophet scared. He's like... Why, why are you scared? <laughs> you know, and Jeremiah repeats what he's been saying. Jeremiah says the same thing he's been saying for decades. Surrender to Babylon. That's all you need to know. Mm. But King Zedekiah is scared of what Judah will do to him if he allows that to happen. Mm. The same way that we know that King Zedekiah is worried about what the city will do to him, the city is also just flat out worried. They're scared. The siege is already happening before their eyes. So they start saying, okay, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? I don't know what to do. Let's, we have to all go to Egypt. Egypt, we'll be safer in Egypt than we are in here. Here, we will die. Here's the worst. We can't stay here. We, let's go to Egypt. But Jeremiah tells them, no, stay put. What's gonna happen is gonna happen, but stay in Jerusalem. Don't worry, the Lord, well, some of them worry, you know what I'm so, saying? Some of them got to worry. <laughs> if you haven't repented, you got places to be too, and it ain't cute. <laughs> but generally, Jeremiah says, don't worry. The Lord is going to destroy Jerusalem completely, but he's just emptying it. He's going to leave it here. He's going to make sure to judge Babylon as well and other enemies too. He's going to judge them. Just stay put, and most of all, Seek him and repent. Scripture. We are going to go to Jeremiah chapter 46, verses 25 to 26. The Lord of hosts, 
the God of Israel said, Behold, I am bringing punishment upon Ammon of Thebes and Pharaoh and Egypt and her gods and her kings upon Pharaoh and those who trust in him. I will deliver them into the hand of those who seek their life into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and his officers. Afterward, Egypt shall be inhabited as in the days of old, declares the Lord. Now, at this point, the takeover is going on its second year. After Jerusalem falls, some men kill Babylon's appointed governors. You know what I'm saying? So now Jerusalem is really scared. Now they're like, oh, snap. Now that they're being spicy, now that they're like, they're being like um, savages now, killing the Babylon. They definitely think that the Babylonians are going to go even crazier now. And what does one do when they're scared? They want to escape. That's the first thing. And what do all people who've experienced trauma resort to? Past trauma and vices to escape. Or inherited vices and traumas to escape. That's T. Now, these Judeans plan a mass trip to Egypt because they think that that's better than staying in Jerusalem. Again, they've been saying this for a couple months now, or a year, a year now. But Jeremiah, again, tells them, don't do that. Next thing you know, the people in Jerusalem band together and say that Baruch and Jeremiah are frauds, and they force them to go to Egypt. But before this happens, y'all need to know that Jeremiah was on the Babylonians' good side. Mm. Remember, this whole time, Jeremiah has been telling the king, surrender to the Babylonians, surrender to the Babylonians, you know? And the Babylonians are conceited. They think he's doing this because he rides for Babylon. Um, now, LOL, jokes on them. You know, he's doing this because the Lord is telling him this is how it's supposed to go. And eventually, Babylon is going to get flamed. Anyways, Babylon protects Jeremiah because of this. They have favor over him. So much so that after the destruction, Jeremiah even buys some of Judah's land. It's all dirt and rubble, but he buys it. God tells Jeremiah to invest in the ruins of Judah. He told him, God will create a new kingdom out of the ruins of the old. As it turns out, Jeremiah has gotten a priceless deal. He has purchased property in the kingdom of God, and his friend Baruch holds the deed. As Babylonian captivity is happening, Jerusalem is officially done once King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon takes King Zedekiah and his sons and murders them in front of everybody. We know this from scripture, 2 Kings chapter 25, verse 7 to be specific. Kings was also written by Jeremiah. Duh, we know this information. They slaughtered the sons of Zedekiah before his eyes and put out the eyes of Zedekiah and bound him in chains and took him to Babylon. That is scripture right there. Scary. Now, after some time, the Lord begins the second half of his judgment. Now, uh, I'm going to high tangy, not high tangy. The book of Jeremiah is not written in order, mm. by the way. You're seeing me. I'm going from chapter 46 to 36 to 22 to... Mm. I'll thank you to my study guide, the Bible recap here. They are such a great resource. So what I'm give the, the layout that I'm giving you guys right now is not going to be how you're going to read it. Okay. Okay. I'm just trying to, I'm trying my best here, you know? So at this point, the Lord is on his, you know, round two for judgment. Now the other nations are going to get lit up and overtaken by the new bad guys in town. The Persian Empire, I've said this before. Mm -hmm. King Cyrus tears Babylon into pieces. And that ultimately allows the Israelite captives in Babylon to return back to Israel, just like the Lord planned. I mean, perfect synchronicity. There's so much in this book, and it's all scattered. And honestly, yeah, no, it's tough. It's hard. It's hard to summarize this epic story, you know? It honestly seems like it's having a manic episode, like me. <laughs> I know a thing or two about mania. You know what I'm saying? But I think it's appropriate. I think it gives you a little bit of the times. Could you imagine trying to, like, Baruch and Jeremiah trying to, like, staple together that part? Like, okay, like, there's bombs over Baghdad happening in the background. They're trying to put books together. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a reason why the book is so chaotic. 
And I think it gives it its, you know, its appeal, you know. But ultimately, the major takeaway is the Lord followed through with his promises. And he never said we wouldn't experience some turbulence along the way. Hmm. Wow. Man. And that's Sorry. that's basically it. Yeah. There, I mean, you got there's so much that I did not dissect. There's right. so much, so much. But that's the gist of it. You know? Wow. Okay. We can get into moral of the story. Moral of the story is God's presence is never indifferent. God is active and he's present everywhere, all at once. Not just for those that choose to worship him, but also for those who ignore him. Hold on now. Let me elaborate. Let's take it back to Psalms 33 verse 5. The text reads, He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. Come on. Wherever there is a part of the world, there is also God. Whether the world honors him or not, he's found there. Digo yo. You know, God is always lovingly at work. Because Jeremiah is called by God from the womb, being a prophet defined his person from the very beginning of life, of his life. It was his destiny. This book was a story of a destiny fulfilled. Ooh. Hey, Father. How'd I do? Oh, man. What an epic story. Yeah, man. Destiny fulfilled. I wonder how my destiny is going to be fulfilled. Yeah, Lord, about my future husband, you know, Claire and I had a discussion earlier today, and I'm just wondering, can I be my man's best friend? Uh, 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 uh.